The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Just to let you know kind of what's going on with us, we are, we are working on just renewing our focus. Um, and so as we work through and renew our focus, it is very easy for our spiritual lives to slip and just run into neutral. I don't know if you've ever felt that way where, you know what, you're just kind of running into neutral and it's not, you know, you're not pinging spiritually. You're kind of not where you're at, where um, you want to be. And we are working on the fundamentals of faith. And let me just tell you, um, no matter where you are, you have to practice fundamentals. Every um, sports team practices fundamentals. I mean, these guys are paid outrageous amounts to be a professional sport athlete. And then they have to work on fundamentals and they have fundamental camps that they go through. And I think as Christians, it's very easy for us to want to learn deeper and greater things, but miss fundamentals. And so as we talk this week, we are in a sermon series it's called understanding the why and when we are connected to our practice it makes what we're doing important important and so we're in this five-week series and uh, the first week we talked about worship the second week we talked about reading your Bible the third we talked about welcoming the Holy Spirit and we're going to co- continue to talk on that as we have a continuation of what it is that we're talking about. So I would like to encourage uh, you to go back to the podcast. If you don't have, we have an app. You can just type it in, Google Play or iTunes. You can type in uh, the house underscore NWA, and you can pull up all of what's going on here at the house. All right, turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. We talked last week about reading Acts chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to get into this, and then I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're doing here in this place. I thank you for everyone who has come as we open up your word together. God, I pray that, that it would illuminate revelation to our life shape us, change us, transform us into the image that you've called um, us to be, and that's the image of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 8, and then we're going to break up just a little bit. We are talking about the Holy Spirit. We are talking about, um, and, and so I know that there's been a lot of conversation in the past about the Holy Spirit, and so I'm going to do my best to read a lot of Scripture verse because... I want to take from the Word what the Word says about the Holy Spirit. I feel like in a lot of churches, based on the denomination you grew up in, uh, some taught about it, some didn't teach about it at all, some ignored it, and then some said, well, you know what, it was important in the past, but right now it's not really active in our lives. And so I want to walk through some scripture verses to help us understand uh, the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, it says, In the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house and they, where they were sitting. Now, I want to just stop right there because you may have missed the miracle that already happened. The fact is that they were all in one accord, in one place, 
Many churches are formed where people are not in one accord at all. People come, everybody's got something to say. Well, you know, the killings ministry. Well, you know, the pastor's wife. Well, you know, those the pastor's Well, you know, some sister so-and-so. And everybody's got something to say about someone. And here's what I want us to see. You know, there are more... There, there, there's a bunch of different backgrounds in churches, and, and, and I want to say this before I begin. You know, there were times that I went to a Baptist church, and I went and I heard about salvation. And I, I, I mean, I learned what Christ did for me, and I met some of the greatest people in the world. There are times that I went to a Methodist church, and I learned about grace. And can I tell you, I learned that no matter what people do, that God loves them and has mercy on them, and there is grace for them. I've also, Katie and I grew up in more of a non-denominational background. And so as we begin to talk today, I, my goal is not to tear down any other denomination. We're not building this church by tearing other churches down. That, that, that's, I don't see that God is a life giver, not someone who just destroys. And so I'm not going to sit here and talk about all of these other churches and all of these other denominations, but I am going to point out some things that have happened to me along the way a, in, a, in, a, in the journey of understanding the Holy Spirit where, you know, people have said, well, the Holy Spirit was just for Pentecost so that the, 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 the work of God could spread out so that people could know what was going on. And then, so there's that side. Then there's also a side that's like, I don't even really even know much about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm sure He's holy, but I don't really know a lot about Him. And then you have the side that's uber uh, charismatic, that's like they want the Holy Spirit falling every time we enter the room. And so as we talk about this, I want you to see a couple things that maybe you don't know about this text. First of all, there was 120 people in the upper room, and this was not Sunday morning. It wasn't like Mick Church where we just drive in and the Holy Spirit fell, and it was so awesome. Everybody was swimming in the glory, and it was so cool. You understand? They were there for a long time. Now, the reality is, once this service gets to be about an hour and 15 minutes, fidgeting starts happening. It's like, okay, you know, we start thinking about our pot roast, all the things that we need to do. Who, who sets the temperature in this place? It's hot. Oh, it's cold. What's going on? Oh, that was funny. He wasn't really that funny. He wasn't that good this one Sunday. You know, and, and, and the reality is, within this group of people, it's amazing how we, we can assimilate, but never really be in one accord. When you study this, there were more than 120 people that were invited to this upper room experience. But when you study it, many had left. This was days where they were seeking intentionally the Lord and then something happened. So what I'm telling you is the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything else will be added. I promise you, if you want to carve out time to seek the Lord, you'll find him. You'll find him. It's very hard in our current culture to work as much as we work, to be driven as much as we're driven, to handle all of the responsibilities. I mean, for God's sake, I have a son, my youngest son is playing uh, machine pitch, and I've got to be gone every night. You know, I mean, the reality is there's a lot of things that demand for our attention, but these guys went to an upper room and were told by Jesus, wait, do not start your ministry until you receive the power from the Holy Spirit. And so they are there 
waiting. Waiting. Cool. What do y'all want to do? Waiting. Should we pray? What do y'all want to do? Waiting. And after days, something happens. So I'm just setting the precedence for what we're reading. As we go through this, look at this. The whole house were, were they, where they were sitting, when there appeared upon them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them. It's very interesting that the disciples did not just receive the Holy Spirit, but everyone who was in the house received. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Can we move on to the next one? Hit it. And there they were dwelling in Jerusalem and devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all of these uh, Galileans? How is, it that they, how is it that we hear each in our own language which we were born? Okay, we got to talk about this because it's very easy for the, the, the very spiritual component of Christianity to read the first four verses but never read the rest. And, the, and it's very clear that something miraculous and marvelous happened in the upper room where something went from there and immediately everybody began to hear the gospel in their own language. And everybody was like, okay, what, what, this is crazy. But... A lot of denominations have said, well, that was obviously the reason the Holy Spirit fell. But we will continue to move on and look at other scripture verses. And can I tell you, don't ever just read one verse. All of this whole Bible speaks about one person, and it's Jesus. From beginning to end. And the reason we have to study this is because we've got to know what's in this. We've got to study to show ourselves approved. Let's look at this. So they were all amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocked and said, They are full of new wine. In other words, something had happened. They heard them speaking in, in tongues or whatever, and they started getting mocked like, Look at man, what those Christians be drinking, boy? Yeah, I see you, I see you. Getting down with it a little bit. Okay, and started mocking the believers that were in the upper room. And they were full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. Hey, we, listen, it's noon. We're, we're good. We're good. We've experienced something. And, and the, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Peter's talking. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God said, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It says all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And so as we begin to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to talk a little bit because to, to understand what Peter just did, you would have to go back and read the Gospels and talk. Let's talk about Peter. Let's talk about Petey Pete here for just a second, okay? Because he has a resume. 
There are things that people know. I don't know if you ever go back to your old high school or you go back to your old city and people know you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know who you are. I, and they have stories about you and they, and they talk about you. What I'm telling you is Peter has some stories. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 31, we're not going to turn there, but that is the story of walking on the water. Here we go. Jesus, Peter is in the boat. And he says, Peter! I mean, G Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to walk. He says, okay. He's like, Dish. you know what I'm saying? He takes a, a step and then falls in the water. And, and we obviously see something happening in Peter's life where he is, has the desire, but... Once he steps out in that desire, he is overcome by his flesh and cannot continue to move in that power. Does that make sense? So he steps, man, that's awesome. But then he starts seeing the waves and the winds and, and, and all of this, the, the five senses. Come on, and, and many, many of us in, our, in this culture, in our world, we are moved by the five senses. How we feel, how, what we touch, what we understand, what we know. And if we're not careful we'll think that God and church and Jesus was about morality. Be a better person. And, and that's not what God had intended for us. In fact, I want to read one verse real quick, and I'm adding to this so you guys don't, don't freak out over there in the computer area. What? That wasn't on the last. But in Genesis... Chapter 3, I want, I want to just give you a little um, side note here. Genesis chapter 3. Here it is. And it said this in Genesis, actually go 2.15. And the Lord God took man and put him into the Garden of Eden. And the Lord commanded man, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. But of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For on the day you eat of it, you'll die. Okay? Now, here's what we know. We know that Eve was enticed by the fruit, whatever fruit that was, and she came and brought it to man, and they ate. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this. Look at this. The, this chapter 3, it says this. That we're going to go in 4, verse 4, 3, 4. But the servant said to the woman, You will not surely die if you eat it, which is what I'm talking about. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delight for the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and she gave it to her husband and they ate. Seven. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloth. Now, can we talk just a little bit? Can we talk just one second? Isn't that sad that God made Adam and Eve blind in the garden? I mean, you would think that if God was going to turn out a product, it would be the best product. But, 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 but we just read that their eyes were opened. So were they not seen before? How, how were they visually handling and communicating with God? Because we'll just read it right here. Here's what happened, is that when God created Adam and Eve, He created them perfect. 
You understand what I'm saying? In fact, so perfect that in Adam, when he created Adam, Adam was Adam and Eve were in each other. God put Adam to sleep and pulled out woman from Adam. Does that make sense? Adam was perfect. Okay, come on. I know women don't stay there long because oh, perfect. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He, this dude didn't have to do P90. He was P90. Okay? He was compassionate. Come on, he had the right response. Hearken, Eve. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> but here's what happened. Is she went and ate the fruit. And when they ate, here's what happened. Their spiritual eyes shut. And their practical eyes opened. And they knew that they were naked. Now, how long had they been around naked and did not know? Because here's the thing. I don't have a degree in a lot of things. You know, I'm not like, a, I don't have my bachelor. I'm not, I have my bachelor's. I don't have my doctorate. But I know when I see naked people. <laughs> I know that. I mean, I got that on lockdown. When I see nakedness, I know it. Nobody, there doesn't have to be an interpretation. I, you know what I'm saying? I just know. Now, here's what I'm saying is that Adam and Eve did not know. Like what man hangs around with the most beautiful woman in the world in a garden, naked, and doesn't know. How you doing? You know what I'm saying? Something happened. Something happened. And so when they ate, they reasoned, and here's what happened. Their spiritual eyes shut, practical eyes opened, and now they were limited to the five senses. And here's that something did immediately die in their life. Immediately. It was done. And so when God came into the garden, they hid from him because they knew something had changed. This is important. Does it make sense? Now, here's the thing. It's funny. When Adam hides, God says, Adam, where are you? And, and Adam hides and, and he says, I was scared of you, God, because I'm naked. And God, here's what God said, who told you that you were naked? In other words, you, you are now operating somewhere lesser than where I had you. And you're thinking lesser thoughts. And now I have to fix this. And this has been the redemption quality and characteristics of God as we begin the whole redemption of man. Here's the thing. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. Today, as we walk through a few concepts, I want us to talk about three important truths about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Three important truths. We saw Peter being able to stand up in victory, but before he couldn't walk out on the water but a step. He couldn't stay asleep. He, he couldn't stay awake because he kept falling asleep with, G, with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus came to him. And what he said was, here's what Jesus said. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And what I'm telling you is that we are raising a, a generation of Christians that are denying the power of the Holy Spirit. And so here's the problem is that we want to do good, but we can't do good. And we want to do right, but we can't do right. So we've allowed morality and perfect conduct to be the thing that keeps us moral. And, and here's what you've realized. You can't. 
You can't. You don't want to think that thought, but you do. You don't want to act that way, but you do. You don't want to lash out. You don't want to get angry. You don't want to watch, you watch that, 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 that you're on the computer, but you don't want to watch that site. You don't want to compare yourself to other women in the church. You don't want to gossip. You don't want to do, why did I say that? Why did I, has anybody ever had those moments where, why am I acting that way? That's not the way I want to act. I'm, how many have acted in a way and you thought, I know better than that? Oh, I don't want to say that to my wife. I don't want to say that to my husband. I may feel it, but I know if I say it, that's not good. You know, I, I, listen, listen. Even Peter went, and when they came in the garden of Gethsemane, they, they came in the garden, and the guards took Jesus. Peter takes out a knife. Check this out. Takes out a knife and cuts off the guard's ear. Y'all remember that story? That story's in John chapter 18, verse 10. Okay, now I want you to see what is interesting about this. Here is Peter. He goes ninja, right? He goes straight Power Ranger, whatever you, wherever you at. He goes straight, you know, warrior on this thing. So they come take Jesus. Peter comes, grabs the knife. Dun, 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 dun. Ear falls off. It's a very messy scene. And Jesus' response was not, yeah, Peter, get them, keep getting them. There's three more, three more, to the left, to the left. You know what I'm saying? What is his response? Because if I'm getting ganged up on and I got a couple men with me, I'm like, hit them, hit them. <laughs> Jesus' response is totally awkward. He says, Peter, put up the knife because if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And Peter's like, what way do you want me to help you? What way do you want me to help you? I am totally confused on how to help you. I don't know what to do. And after that moment, he starts a denial of Jesus three times because here's what he understood. If I can't help you in my flesh, how can I help you? And that's why Jesus said, you have to wait for the Holy Spirit because the help that you're trying to be, you can't do with the sword. You hear what I'm saying? The help you're trying to be, you can't do that with the sword. We are going to do something, but it's going to happen spiritually, not practically. That's why the people did not receive Jesus in the Old Testament because they wanted a warrior. Come on, somebody. They wanted someone to victoriously go and scatter Rome and vanquish them. But God did it a different way. John chapter 14, verse 16. We're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you three important truths about that. And the first is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today. It's for today. And I want you to get, I'm going to give you verses on this. Check this out. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. And I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another helper, and that He may abide with you forever. Okay, now I don't know what forever means. <laughs> But forever, I'm going to go ahead and say means forever. The spirit of truth, listen, whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because the world can only receive the five senses. Okay? The world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. Now here's the verse. For he dwells with you and he will be in you. Now, I don't know if I need to go study grammar to understand that dwells with you and will be in you are two different thoughts. 
That's two different thoughts. And so the reality is, as we move forward, I don't believe that God sent the Holy Spirit for one dispensation because the Holy Spirit was an active presence in the disciples and the followers of Jesus in his life because when Jesus left, they couldn't do it. But when the Holy Spirit came, they could. For us, it is the same way. The best way that I've heard the Holy Spirit communicated is this. You can drink a bottle of water and the water will be inside you. But when you go to the ocean and step into it, it's not only in you, it's all around you. And there is a difference. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. Look at this. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. And Peter said to them, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Okay? Repent, be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, your children, and all who are far off. I think we're far off. As many as the Lord our God will call. He's not done calling. He's not done calling people. There are people in northwest Arkansas that are, 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 are making maybe incredible amounts of money, but their soul is lost. See, in this community of northwest Arkansas, we value the external. But nothing can soothe your soul like Jesus. Because you can't make enough. You can't have a big enough house. Come on, you may, your dream may have been a 300,000 uh, square foot home, but that's not enough after a while. And the flesh can never be satisfied. There's always more. There's always more. Now, as we look at this, it says, repent, be baptized, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, verse 12 through 22. And I know I'm reading a lot of verses today. And the reason I'm reading a lot of verses is because there's so much been taught against it that we need to see what the Bible says about it. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things of God concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Now, I want to stop real quick. In this verse, this is the verse of Simon the, the Magician. And this dude, if you go back and read the first uh, couple verses, you will see that the community and everyone thought this guy was something special because he was a manipulator, a magic man. You know, he was legit, okay? And so as there, his name is Simon, and then it says, and then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized... He continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles of the signs which God had done. And now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who they had come down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them, and they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through laying on of hand, the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power. So here's the deal. Here is a man who grew up, 
who, who worked on his craft so well that learned manipulation and learned how to turn a dollar. And when he saw the gifts and working of the Holy Spirit, he said, I'll pay you for that. I'll pay you for that. How much can I pay you to get what you just gave? Because I can see my business going to a whole nother level. You hear what I'm saying? As we look through this, we need to see that what the Holy Spirit and the active part. Can I tell you that this story right here was a year after, almost a year after Pentecost? A year. People, well, the Holy Spirit was just for Pentecost, except for this is a year later. And in our next verse, we're going to read something that 20 years after Pentecost, still the Holy Spirit is moving. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. Look at this. We're moving quick. While Apostles was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And he found the disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We have not even heard that there be a Holy Spirit. Oh, that's a lot of churches. So Paul asked, When, what baptism did you receive? John's, they replied. But Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And he told the people and believed in the one coming after him in Jesus' name. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And Paul placed his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongue and prophesied, and there were about 12 men in all. In other words, it wasn't just for a select few. All that were there received. Now I want to walk you through something real quick. The Old Testament and the New Testament God has not changed. The Bible says that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we have been talking about worship, reading the Bible, and Holy Spirit. We, before that, we had a, a, a series on salvation. Now, I want to walk you through something. Go ahead and put that picture up here. This was, the, this was where He had His presence in the Old Testament. This is the tabernacle. I want you to see something. Right here in this red, this is the gate. In the Bible, Jesus... It clearly communicates that I am the gate. I am the gate. I am the way to the Father. Okay, you can read that. You can Google it. Jesus is the doorway. Okay, so right here, check this out. He is the doorway, and then right here is the altar of burnt. In other words, they had to sacrifice every day to take away the sins of the people. Right now, we're not under that, but Jesus died, come on, on a cross to be the lamb that was slain, this is Bible, to take away the sins of the world. Is this right? Okay. As soon as we're done with this, isn't it amazing that they had a basin of water that the priest would wash after the sacrifice so that it would wash all of the sin of the people that they were representing. Come on. What can wash away? We don't, don't make me sing. You know what I'm saying? But... And so that's why we care about baptism. If you get saved, we want you to be baptized because the sacrifice, come on, the sin has been broken, the bondage has been broken off your life. Now we're going to make a commitment and be washed clean. And what is the very next thing? The table of showbread. What is the bread? The Bible said that, that the Word is the bread of life. That's why we read the Bible. That's why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. So we get into the Word and we begin to read it. It's not some moral teaching that we just 
you know, we compartmentalize our life. I kind of read a marriage book. I read a, a leadership book. I, I read a, a, a time management book. And I may pick up a, and do a couple of verses of the Bible. This Bible is the very thing that will wash your mind. The Bible says washing your mind with the water of the Word. In other words, it washes you. It feeds you. It nourishes you. Then right here is the golden lampstand, and this is the oil and the fire and the light. And God has not changed. You need Jesus. And you need to understand His, his death on a cross. You need to be baptized. You need to pick up your Bible. Come on, somebody. And you need to receive the Holy Spirit. Then you can come into a place of intense, real worship. And you can connect with the Father God. Yeah. This, this has not changed. The only change is it's not a location that you go to. It happens within you. Yeah. It happens within you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 21 says this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. I've never wanted to be a fool. I don't like being a fool. I don't want to be a fool. I don't even like foolish. I want to be wise. When I walk in, I want to make a good decision. I want to make a quality decision. And I want it to be based on facts. I want it to be based on understanding. I want it to be based on experience. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise. So what is he going to say? Unwise people are and do not understand the will of the Lord. Unwise people do not understand the will of the Lord. What I am telling you is this. You can be successful and not a Christian. But if you want to be long-term wise, then wisdom cannot come from another surrogate. If God has it all and knows it all, then He gives what He knows to those who seek it, and wisdom comes. Does, it, does this make sense? I'm not saying that you can't learn from other people. I learn from other people all the time. I learn from Christian and non-Christian. I learn from people. But, but when I want to grow in wisdom, there is one book I go to that gives me clarity. Do not be drunk with wine. Look at this. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in songs, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, and making a melody in your heart. I have to believe that there is a spiritual component that God wants us to operate in, or He would have just said, sing a song. Why would you emphasize a spiritual song if singing and hymns are not the same thing? There is obviously a difference. The second thing is this. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers us. And He empowers us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. We could go into more, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, I'm not going to read this for the sake of time, but I can tell you that it talks about the different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, and I want to break those down for you. Breakdown of gifts are there are motivational gifts, there are ministry gifts, and there are manifestation gifts. 
and God moves in those giftings and has the Holy Spirit activate those gifts in our life. But what is the reason that we have so much resistance to the Holy Spirit? Is it fear of supernatural things? Is it intellectual pride? Is it emotional wounds? Is it un unconfessed sin? Is it wrong teaching? Is it religion? Because the reality is this. God did not make us to just come in and go out and try to struggle through this world. The Holy Spirit was given so that we could be light in darkness. Discerning of, of as we talk about the manifestation gifts, I'm going to break those down to three ways. The discerning gifts are word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Declarative gifts are prophecy, tongues, and discerning spirits. Can I tell you that there, I don't know how you grew up, but I've heard people say, well, you know, brother, I just, I just have a gift of discernment. No, you don't. How would you say no? You don't. You know why I don't? Because nowhere in the Bible does it say there is a gift of discernment. It's not there. We discern spirits. But most of the time when I hear people say they have a gift of discernment, they're critical people that feel like their opinion is more valuable than God's. Oh, brother, I have a discerning spirit. You know what I'm thinking. No one cares. We, we, um, we don't care. But the reality is there is one who is truth. And come on, a lot of times we try to make spiritual space for our opinions. And I'm telling you real quick, there is a discerning of spirits. I have been before, not all the time, but I have been before to a, another country where I was preaching and this woman, while I was preaching, ran up and, and, and really tried to take over the, our, 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 our meeting. And I just simply asked her her name and do you want to be free? And we spoke. We prayed right there. She went and sat down. 20 minutes later, we came to the end of the sermon and she gave her life to the Lord. The reality is spiritual things kind of weird us out, but it's so funny how many horror movies and stuff we watch. Oh, this is awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. The church starts talking about something spiritual. Y'all are weird. <laughs> weird, kind of freaky. Listen, it's amazing. Declarative gifts. Come on, prophecy, tongues, discerning of spirit. Dynamic gifts, which is faith, healing, miracles. Faith, a supernatural interpretation of, and belief and confidence. Have you ever believed for something that nobody else thought you would receive, but you stood and it was almost like you had supernatural faith to believe regardless of what you felt or saw? Healing, supernatural healing. And it's so funny. People are always like, I don't know how I feel about healing. <laughs> Until they're sick. And then they're like, okay, well, I believe. What, what, what I got to do? What, what, uh, can I buy that? You know what I'm saying? It, everybody's, every, every, everybody's skeptical until they're in need. And all I'm saying to you is this, is that God is a good father and God doesn't want confusion in your life. He wants to move in your life. Miracles, 
divine intervention that alters natural circumstances, we believe that God is the same because the Bible says He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God has not changed. So who are the people who've changed? Us. We are called to be a witness. And there's a difference between witnessing and being a witness. Witnessing is something you do. A witness is something you are. We are called to be a witness. We are called to be a witness. And the last thing is this. And so if I haven't scared you off already, talking about the Holy Spirit. uh, The first is this. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is today. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The third is tongues is a benefit, not a requirement. And I want to walk through this real quick. And I know this is usually when everybody starts getting, oh, what are you going to talk about? I'm just going to talk about the Bible. That's what I'm going to talk about. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, we, we, we saw that they spoke in tongues. In Acts chapter 10, 45, they went to the Gentiles and prayed for them. And the Holy Spirit fell and they began to speak in tongues. We just read Acts chapter 19. When you receive the Holy Spirit, and I just want to break this down for you because we get it so complicated. I don't know if you've ever been in church where you've heard the pastor say, you know what, if you want to invite Jesus into your heart, just raise your hand right where you're at. And I go, what in the If you have never been in church, what does that mean? What does that mean? I, that doesn't even make sense to me. Okay, so Jesus lives in your heart. Well, no, he doesn't live in your heart. He lives in your mind. Okay, he lives in your mind. No, he doesn't live in your mind. You're taking it literally. He lives in, in us. Well, where does he live? Well, how do we do this? It, does Jesus become a cell and then you just kind of goes into the bloodline and he kind of lives in your body? Well, of course not, silly. Okay, well, what do you mean? Well, we don't really know. <laughs> but if you'll raise your hand right now, you can accept him. Well, how do I accept him? Well, you just talk. You just repeat my prayer. So all I have to do is raise my hand and repeat my prayer and I'm no longer going to hell? Yeah, duh. Okay. But universally, check this out, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian have all embraced that crazy thinking, (laughs) but it's just as crazy. I mean, if you had never heard anything about Jesus and someone said he wants to live in your heart, will it hurt? Will I feel him move? How will... What I'm saying is we've been inoculated to that concept and now we don't even think it through. And what if you've been inoculated to the fact that there is no Holy Spirit or that He's marginalized? And and I would go back and listen to what we talked about yesterday because we do believe that you receive the Holy Spirit when you are saved. Because the Roman clearly, clearly tells us if your spirit is alive to Christ, it can't be dead. We are just showing you that there is an additional component of the Holy Spirit. And here's why we know in John, and you need to go back there, but it says before Jesus left, he breathed into the disciples and said for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Then we find out that they have to go to the upper room and they have to receive the Holy Spirit again. That doesn't make sense. Why was there twice? With an end, twice process the tabernacle all the way through 
I'm just asking you to think about it. Here's the thing. Receiving the Holy Spirit is by faith. Everything in this Bible is by faith. Everything is by faith. You can have as much as you want, but you have to have it by faith. You believed that Jesus was going to do what he said he did, even though you've never met him, and it happened 2,000 years ago, but you did it by what? By faith. I realized that tongues gets weird. And, you, and I'm just telling you, for those of you who are super natural, super, you know, you grew up in a more charismatic bent, I know you're thinking, whoa, finally. Let's get a fresh wind up in that thing. But we're not, we're not changing from who we are. This is who we are. In Corinthians, it, Paul talks about, I'm going to read you one more verse and then we're going to be done. Okay, can you all hang with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And I want to read you this. Actually, I'm going to do two verses real quick. Because I don't want you to think I'm making any of this up. And maybe you've studied all this. But if you haven't, you at least need to open your mind to see that there are verses in here. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 14, and we'll go down to 18. And it says this. This is Paul writing. Paul who wrote one third of the, of the New Testament. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in the church, I would rather speak five intelligent words with my mind so that I can instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now let's talk about that. Because for the Holy Spirit camp that you grew up through the 80s, you need to hear that. Well, people are like, well, well, if you believe in tongues, how come this isn't free-flowing in service? Because we're in a postmodern Christian world. And the reason that I've spent this long going over this many uh, scripture verses is because we're in a critical... We, people look at church critically. And so... None of the people in the upper room were backslidden. None of them were people who were not saved. None of them were, but well, what do you think? I don't know how I feel about church. I kind of was hurt by my last church. I'm just kind of coming to the upper room to kind of figure it out and see what all this Christianity is about. Everybody was on point and everyone was a believer. And I've met some very weird Christians. I have. And I'm like, hey. You know what? I hang out with a lot of our people. And when we go get coffee or talk, you know what I'm saying? We just go get coffee. I was with a couple of families this last weekend. And guess what? Nobody talked in tongues. We did try baseball machine. Struck a few guys out. That's how I roll. Here's the reason. Look at this. Jude, verse 20. But you, beloved building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in love of God, waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus that leads us to eternal life. Could it be, can I at least pose the question that says maybe your Christianity is harder than it needs to be because there is no power to overcome the struggles in life. If the disciples who were with Jesus for three years had to wait. Come on, what makes us think 
that we living in a culture of compromise can navigate the sea of all of the lies without a little bit of truth and without the comforter and without the revealer. Does this make sense? The gift of tongues is scriptural. It's a benefit, but it's your choice. And God's not going to grab you and shake you. And you may have had some really bad experiences. And, 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 And we are intent that this will not be one of them. But we want to season because we feel like the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. That's Bible. And we believe that as God is moving in your life, you'll take a step and you'll see a benefit and you'll take another step and you'll see a benefit and you'll take another step. Nobody leaps in Christianity. The steps of the righteous are ordered. Come on, somebody. By God. By God. Here's the thing. In our church, we're going to do things biblically. We're going to be grounded. But we're not going to be scared of being spiritual. And so that doesn't mean that we're going to be confusing. And so if you come Sunday and you think, oh, wow, finally, the, the, it's loose. No, it ain't that loose, baby. <laughs> Everything is going to be done, fitting and in order. And here's how I don't want to leave you with. Are we believers who are supernatural? Or are we believers who are superficial? What does your faith make you do? Do you desire the gifts? Because here's what it says. It says, we didn't read this today, but it says, brothers, don't be ignorant of the gifts. Are we choosing to be ignorant because we want to spend more time on Netflix? You got to understand that there's more for you. And it doesn't flow out of a place of you need to be better. It flows out of love. Love. Every miracle that Jesus did, you can read that it was love and compassion. Love and compassion. And so we're not going to be a church. Did you get it? Did you not get it? Did you get it? Because that's not love. We love people. And we love all people. Broken people. Lost people. We love people. That's what we do. We love people. And the Bible says that they shall know us by our, come on, what? By our fruit. They should know us by our love. My hope is that we understand the why. And we understand why we do what we do. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at The House, follow us on social media at The House underscore NWA.